Thank you for sharing the stream. Notifications have gone out. Phones are open, 833-311-1984. And if you didn't notice, it is 1984. Always has been, always will be, as far as I know, because I think things have always been this way. Topic tonight, one of the topics, do murder hornets carry COVID-19? Just a very pertinent question. And we're open to talk about a number of things tonight. Uh, murder hornets, though, have made a comeback. I thought they would. There was a lull. And, you know, a couple nights ago, I think in Portland, the local Biden voters tipped over a statue of Abraham Lincoln, which seemed like an odd pick. You know, Senator Byrd's statue is doing just fine. But no, Abe Lincoln took a, took a fall in this revolution and nobody cares like where's the outrage i think people are kind of burnt out as i am on riots uh, climate change isn't thrilling so they've gone back to the murder hornets which you know it's kind of curious they came from wuhan so i'm asking could they have covid19 could the murder hornets have coronavirus on their surface now the reason i would say this is that the newest science because science is always changing it fluctuates it's very subjective these days the newest science is that COVID can live on money for 28 days on cash, which conflicts with the notion that the masks aren't infectious waste because we're surely not treating masks as infectious waste. I see them on, on the ground all the time on my walks, you know, next to the heroin needles. I'm like, oh, look, more COVID rags. But supposedly that's cool. But if there's money on the ground, don't touch that. You can touch the mask, not going to kill you. You touch the money, yeah, you'll be dead. If it's been touched with something that had the virus on it within 28 days. These rules are forever shifting. Another thing, and look, um, with regards to the heroin needles, it's actually the case that the heroin needles would be safer than the COVID, you know, when it comes down to it. But again, we're talking about inconsistency um, with science, supposed science. Uh, neck gaiters, for example, are totally legit. You can wear neck gaiters. However, about a month and a half ago, there was an all-out attack on neck gaiters. You can't wear them on airplanes, can't wear them in restaurants. Nope, because neck gaiters offer zero protection. Well, science has changed. Now you can wear those. And I guess it's because... They're just trying to get the biggest amount of uh, people to go with the program, the largest number. And some people, for them, the neck gator is a compromise. Anyway, it just seems like a tug of war between the state and the individual. Um, nobody said anything about neck gators until I offered it as an alternative to complying with the narratives. Because maybe you don't believe everything. But just because you don't believe, you know, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean you're in a position to uh, just totally rock the boat. And so you're in this period of uncertainty. And that's kind of where we've been this whole time. And we're looking at the experts and the science they give us is constantly changing. So again, your money can hold COVID for 28 days. Doesn't that make it infectious waste? Now, apparently COVID doesn't go below about six feet you go into a restaurant you have to wear your mask if you're walking but when you sit down to eat you can take your mask off so i don't think it goes lower than than your seat 
and the waiters still have to wear theirs. And I saw this meme that compared the wisdom of having a mask-free zone in a restaurant where you eat to having a, a peeing section in the swimming pool. And very, very strong point. I mean, 2020 has been an, a theater of absurdity. You know, this is Wonderland. You know, I thought things couldn't get any weirder. But, you know, even now, this pandemic model is being applied to theories, conspiracy theories, ideas. Um, you're not allowed to be wrong anymore. It's a crime. It's a crime not to believe something happened the way that was reported. It's a crime, a thought crime, not to believe the science, even if the science is going to change in a couple of weeks. You know, everything's just so subjective. Okay, so let's get back into the topic here. So, yeah, definitely murder hornets could carry COVID-19 if they could get here in a month, and I think they could. See, we're joined in the comment section. I see Smiley, Pippi, Adoria the Explorer, Hoaxahannis, Jose Martinez. Good to see you here. Uh, phones are open. Open topics, 833-311-1984. We had a very interesting call today. As you know, the voicemail is open 24-7, so we're not here to take your call. We will take your message, and anything you want us to play live, we will. So I have a message here I want to play. It's kind of a long one, but I'll parse through it. And this is from a caller who has some comments regarding the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin event. Hi, Tim. This is Katie. Um, I was listening to uh, some of your your new stuff about Floyd and Chauvin, and uh, decided to look a little bit deeper into the astrology and numerology regarding the two. Um, and what I came up with was the numerology for uh, Chauvin, his name, Derek Michael Chauvin, uh, the short way, which is uh, you, you only use one through nine. So you have three rows of letters, A through I, J through R, and then S through Z. But uh, the numerology for his name is 91-1, which kind of looks like 911. Um, the long way is 172-1. Um, okay, let me pause it right there for just a moment. So she's talking about Derek Chauvin's name and doing numerology. And arrived at 9-1 and a 1. Very interesting. Just bringing this up, this whole idea of numerology, because... The name Derek actually stems from a German hangman who hanged 3,000 people. In fact, there's part of a crane, part of the pulley system they call Derek, after Derek the hangman, and his innovations in the gallows. So let me continue here with this message. Not really too significant there, I guess. Uh, his badge number was supposedly 1087. And if I'm not mistaken, 187 is the code for homicide. Um, born on 3-19-1976, which has a numerology of 9, if you add them all up, which makes him a Pisces. And that's a water sign, which is ruled by Jupiter with a negative female polarity. Um, and in the tarot, water is represented by the suit of cups. And that correlates to the store Floyd used the fake 20 at, which was called Cup Foods. Uh, okay, so uh, his badge number, 1087. From what I've, when I've, I've researched this stuff, I don't believe it necessarily, but I 
know that with numerology, zeros don't count. So, I mean, you know, Elon Musk, for example, um, he put something up in the news today in his Twitter feed about, and I'll bring this up, something about the price of his car going to 420000 or something. i got to show you something with this. He's always adding the number 42 into everything that he does. And if you take out the zeros, you see it's even more obvious. But, you know, he has a very well-known and public obsession with the number 42, this Elon Musk character. And just bringing this up in context, when people are noticing numerology and patterns in the mainstream news, um, it's there. So here it is, Entrepreneur Magazine. Elon Musk is cutting Tesla Model S base price to, here it is, 69000 420,000. He always throws 420 in this thing. And it's not that he's a pothead because you've seen him smoke. If you watch Joe Rogan, he doesn't know how. Anyway, let's continue. Numerology for Floyd, George Perry Floyd Jr., 112-4, short way, and 331-7, the long way. So we have a 47 or 74 there. Uh, born on 10-14-1973, which has a numerology of 8. Not sure if that's significant, but it makes him a Libra, which is an air sign. Wink, wink. Uh, can't breathe. Libra is ruled by... Okay, again, this is astrology. Now, look, I'm not a billionaire, but from what I've heard, millionaires don't use it, but billionaires do. And I think there's something to it. So he brought up the name George Floyd and what it adds up to. Uh, one thing, George Floyd is an anagram for Edge of Glory, which happens to be the name of a song that was performed on the anniversary date of his death, well, a year prior. So his death was on the anniversary of the performance of a song about kneeling at the edge of a deathbed. So very interesting correlation there. And also, I Can't Breathe is an anagram for A Better China. And so if you get the idea that this event was an instigation, uh, and maybe China's behind it, this could be some type of cryptic inside joke. Could be. Anyway, there's still more to this message. And again, this is a, an astrological reading of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. Venus with a positive male polarity. So in terms of polarity, they were opposed. Um, and let's see, Libra is ruled by swords in the tarot. Not sure if that's significant, but as far as the incident goes, Floyd was parked on 38th Street when the cops showed up, which 3 plus 8 equals 11. Uh, Chauvin knelt on Floyd for 5 minutes and 53 seconds before he became non-responsive, which is 353 seconds, and that adds up to 11. He continued kneeling on him for 2 minutes and 53 seconds, all right, this is all very, very deep, I have to say. Now, again, this is, um, it's not nothing that these things are correlating. For example, Derek Chauvin, like I said, the name comes from a German hangman who hanged 3,000. So that sounds very 9-11-y. Well, he knelt on George for 8.46. 8.46 a.m., the first of the Twin Towers was hit on September the 11th. So there you have a 9-11 connection. Then, Twin Cities, where George Floyd was killed, Twin Towers. The 8.46 a.m. impact and 
the kneeling on the neck for 846 also relates to the sun setting on Memorial Day, the day George Floyd died at 846. And then Derek Chauvin just went to court on 9-11, which was the 19th anniversary of 9-11-2001. And curiously enough, the COVID-19 deaths of that day, according to Google, if you were to search it on September the 11th, there were 911,000 dead of COVID-19 as of the 19th anniversary of September 11th and 19 million recovered. So there are patterns, there are numbers, and to me it's evidence of scripting. I mean, think about it. A guy named Derek, which is a hangman who killed 3,000, kneeling on a guy, 846, just totally ties into 9-11. Derek Chauvin, 9-11 America. That's what it looks like, and that's what has been, if, if you ask me, written into the subtext. So let's continue which is 173 seconds and also adds up to 11. And the eight minutes and 46 seconds is 526 seconds, which adds up to 13, but eight plus four plus six equals 18, which equals nine. And as a side note, Derek's wife, Kelly, passed a bad check in 2005. Okay, that's the end of the message. It was three minutes when it cut off. Now, I do know that his wife, I think ex-wife now, Derek Chauvin's ex-wife, Kelly, wrote a bad check for $42, which if you go into this stuff as we have, and it's pretty rich, it's a pretty deep story, layers and layers of symbolism, because it's literature, if you ask me. Uh, much of what we see on the world stage, for all intents and purposes, is happening in a fictional universe. Okay, I have another question, I mean, sorry, another voicemail here. Again, if you wanna call in right now, the number is 833. 311-1984. I'm going through the voicemails, and I also have a number of messages in the chat. Uh, Artis Zeru says, Barack Obama, head of the Muslim Brotherhood, head Draco Pharaoh Obama, making preparations for the forthcoming festivities. It's what they're hiding. Interesting. Well, when is that going to happen? Okay, let me play the next message. Tim. I know that we've discussed QAnon before, and we know it's a PSYOP, but I wouldn't discount it so quickly because it seems to be exploding the QAnon narrative all over mainstream media sources. Okay, this is Lynn, a trusted source of Infinite Plane Radio, a longtime caller, very insightful. And, you know, I, I always talk about QAnon because, you know, some people just ignore it. They say, I don't believe it. I'm just going to ignore it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to make up my mind. And I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to follow every nuance, every rabbit trail. I'm going to know more about it than the believers. So I'm front row QAnon. I could be QAnon for all you know. But I remain skeptical because, of course, this is an evidence-based discussion. So let me start this message again. This is Lynn. Um, this is, again, great caller, always great intel. And IPR drops, you know, Infinite Plane Radio, is far, far superior to QAnon drops. Here we go. Tim, I know that we've discussed QAnon before, and we know it's a PSYOP, but I wouldn't discount it so quickly because it seems to be exploding the QAnon narrative all over mainstream media sources, especially NPRs, particularly panicky over it. 
Now, maybe they're deliberately promoting it for some reason, but I think we have to address it. They say that there are candidates running uh, on the Republican ticket now who are open QAnon followers, and one may actually be elected to the Congress from a district in Georgia. So this is not something we should just dismiss or discount in terms of its influence. It looks like it's turning into a major, major sort of cultic force. I wouldn't underestimate it because the people who are attracted to Q, number one, are likely to believe that the COVID is some kind of hoax or a trick that's being used against poor Donald Trump, and many of them are also anti-mask, as we've seen at these rallies. So anyway, I, I think this is a, a sector of the population that we're going to need to to deal with, uh, to address, certainly to uh, to see as our potential constituents and the people who we can we can bring over. Anyway, thanks for hearing me out. Great points, and that's exactly been my take all along. I definitely um, am open to having QAnon callers, and I do follow the intel. You know, to me, it's just a research community. It's an open source research community it's a think tank and it, you know it's very conspiratining and that's one of the reasons why it's such a threat to the mainstream media is that it's far more entertaining than what they do uh the commenter asks is the flat earth pilot going to call in you know if he doesn't call in i'm going to call out we have a a pilot a flight instructor who's been trying to get a hold of us live and he actually knows that heroic pilot that landed on the Hudson. What's his name? Anyway, should be an interesting call. He has some inside information about the apparent lack of curvature. Okay, so let me go ahead and get to the next message. Okay, here we go. Hey, IBS. I was just... uh hearing you and I guess uh no I said um Captain Sully paid for my flight school for me to be in flight instructor. Okay, this is a message from him, so I'm gonna call out in just a moment, but he's explaining that uh Captain Sully paid for his flight school for him to become a flight instructor. His name is uh Quincy Carr, he's a pilot. Take a listen. Um that's Q U I N C E Y C A R R pilot. And yeah, the Earth is flat. It's motionless. The airplane instruments, the the, the maps, the charts, everything in aviation is based on a flat, motionless world. Um, a lot of pilots think that I'm crazy, but they haven't even thought about it. I mean, the first rule you learn in flying is keep everything flat and level. You know, so again, give me a call back. Thanks. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and call out, and let's get a hold of Quincy Carr here. Just one moment. Okay, and again, phone's open, 833-311-1984. I'm going to see if I can reach this person now. And I'll be trying again throughout the night. I have a couple more messages to get to. Let me go ahead and get to the last message, and then we'll we'll get to him. Okay, this should be good. This should be good. In fact, we got some great callers tonight. Um, I'm definitely going to reach out and get this pilot on the phone, uh, Quincy Carr. 
But um, here's another call. This has got to be from... Now, this is interesting. Like I said, we get a lot of interesting callers who are ground zero, different things. We had someone at ground zero of Chazistan. Someone else at ground zero of the Yorba Linda car attack where the person drove through the crowd. We have someone ground zero at the scandal involving Cognizant and the moderation of Facebook. And so I think that's who this message is from. Hey, what's going on, IPS, man? This is where it's at, bro. I want to email you something that you might find really interesting about Project Veritas and fucking Facebook, my boy. For real, for real. Oda, Oda Hoaxing is real, bro. Ver, Veritas perpetrated a real fucked up psyop on the American people, my boy. I'm going to hit you up, though. Okay, so it sounds to me like this is going to be um, a call maybe later. Okay, there's a little bit more in this message. Let me go and scroll through. I just want to make sure that um, this is fine for me to play live. I don't want to spill anything that I shouldn't. Okay, that's it. So I'll get back to him. Always a good source of information. And he's been saying for some time that there's something about Project Veritas that I might find interesting. And Project Veritas is a group that does journalism, which most people don't know what journalism looks like, and it looks very different from what they show us on TV. Okay, so let me call the pilot. This is going to be an outgoing call. You're all my witnesses. We have permission. You know, I don't know if, if Big Brother's tampering, but ever since I've been trying to make this outgoing call, uh, Google Phones hasn't worked. Like, it's literally not working. So I might just have to make the calls in a few minutes. So I'll get back to that. So let's see what else we have here. Joe Biden's son, they found his laptop, included a 12-minute video. Someone had to watch it. I wonder how much they got paid. Just say it had to do with... Uh, Smoking illicit substances and doing things, but you know, I don't know, I can't really judge. It's assuming it was uh, consensual, it's not like he was going deep on the pasta and ice cream like his dad. If you believe any of that Pizzagate stuff, you know, there was this little talk between Kamala Harris and Barack Hussein Obama, who said, Oh, Joe Biden loves to go deep on the pasta and uh, gets down with the ice cream. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And, you know, they're laughing like a couple of demons. And if you look it up on WikiLeaks, the whole Pizzagate scenario, well, pasta, pizza, hot dogs have different meanings, according to this theory. Now, it could just mean hot dogs. Like, it might just be the case that Barack Obama ordered $60,000 worth of hot dogs for a house party. Yeah, sure. Sounds legit. Okay, so, yeah, there was a water-damaged MacBook Pro that belonged to Biden's son, and apparently there's a lot of really bad things on it. Not too interested. It just sounds like a typical election year drama could be totally manufactured. You know, if it was real, the video would have leaked. That's my take on it. Uh, Ivanka Trump tweeted a couple of days ago a photo from above the Hoover Dam. Hello, Hoover Dam, she said. And... This, I, it just seems ominous because we were just talking about this. I had a caller 
who said, if you look at the $50 bill and you fold it up, it looks exactly like the Hoover Dam, only breaking in the middle. Now, that might not sound like anything to you, but the U.S. currency has a history of predicting major calamities. For example, 9-11, burning towers, the Pentagon. There's even a way that you can fold a bill where I think it's, now I have to double check, maybe I can find the actual, it's like origami. You know, you fold things. Well, it's a very simple fold, but apparently if you fold the 20, you can also get Andrew Jackson with a mask on. So it goes deep. So if they're suggesting that the $50 bill is talking about the Hoover Dam breaking, it's probably going to fall. It's probably going to break. The $100 bill seems to indicate a burning space needle, or at least maybe it looks like a nuke, if you ask me. Uh, cracks in the Hoover Dam. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Pippi Langstroth in the comments says, pillows for everybody. Very, very um, curious thing to say, if you knew what pillows meant. Pillow is code for adrenochrome, according to this whole theory. Well, yesterday we had this talk, you know, kind of a side note, about Marina Abramovich, the spirit cooker, an adrenochrome harvester for the elite. It turns out that many believe that Marina Abramovich, who's friends with Bill Gates, that Marina is the sister of Ghislaine Maxwell, who's the girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein. Ghislaine Maxwell is also said to be sisters with the psychiatrist of the shooters from Littleton. And another one of her sisters is the wife of Dr. Fauci. So this whole group of, what would you call this, a coven, connected to Epstein. I call them the witches of Epstein. So it couldn't get any weirder, I thought. And then turns out that the last picture of John Benet Ramsey alive has Ghislaine Maxwell in the background at some kind of a party. So, you know, I want to demand answers. The other day I was looking at this picture of Ghislaine hanging out with Elon Musk. They're both smiling, looking at the camera. And he claims that she photobombed him. Like she just like goes around photobombing you don't just go photobomb Elon Musk, I'm sorry. Not if you're Ghislaine Maxwell. It's like she's the she's been described as the Forrest Gump of sex trafficking. Well, I don't buy it. I think that he's fibbing. And just the other night, he tweeted out the word Illuminati, which he spelled it like naughty, N-A-U-G-H-T-Y, Illuminati, some type of inside joke. I mean, this is Pope Elon we're talking about. He's our savior. The world goes... You know where? We're going to Mars with his help. And that's who he's connected with? Commenter here says, Kamala Harris hangs out with Tupac. Now, that's a very curious thing as well. Okay, there's a couple here that are kind of correlating to this. So, um, Kamala Harris said her, her that the greatest rapper alive is Tupac Shakur. So, this course got people wondering well what does she know kind of like how when rob palinka manager for the lakers said oh yeah kobe bryant had acting lessons from heath ledger after watching dark knight you know the, that raised eyebrows because you know heath ledger had already died tupac 
has supposedly already been dead for some time, but she still knows him. So, makes me wonder, does she happen to know Jurassic 5? Have you heard that theory? That Tupac and Biggie Smalls and a few others faked their deaths and came back as you know, less flamboyant rappers with, I guess, like a more longevity, uh, less gangster. I think they're called the Jurassic Five. The leader, Akil DMC, has long been suspected of being the identity of Tupac Shakur. And if you can imagine Tupac in dreads, it's pretty much a match. I mean, you can't hide certain things. I would say the teeth would convict it. Commenter says, I thought Ghislaine Maxwell was just a cardboard cutout. I was starting to think so. And just inconveniently inserted into these pictures. Hoaxahontis remarks here that Tupac hung out with Donald Trump back in the day. Well, I, I dug deep into the Tupac Shakur theory, and it goes a few different ways, kind of like with Elvis. How many Elvis sightings have there been? I mean, there are some people who think that Elvis faked his death and came back as Donald Trump. There are people who really believe that to be true, which would mean that Trump's 95. So you can rule that out. It's, 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 um, maybe it's flattering. He probably started that rumor. You know, who, who's, who's, who's Where's the account that started that one? It's got to be some sock account. Like Donald Trump is not just on Twitter. He's on YouTube starting ridiculous conspiracy theories. Others think that Trump is a time traveler. Now here's one. Uh, Pence. Mike Pence is believed to be leading a faction within the U.S. government that is getting ready to go to war with aliens under... I guess the belief that the aliens are demons. So he's got this religious faction within the government that are getting ready to war with aliens that are already here. That's another rumor that's going around. Now, hey, with, with regards to Kamala and Tupac, though, I mean, it's either one of two things. Either Tupac moved to Cuba or he put on a wig and now he's Akil the MC. Uh, Akil DMC says it's not so, and I take him at his word. But you have no reason to think that Tupac actually died if you examine the so-called evidence. Commenter says that Elvis was too obese to not be dead, to which another says Elvis was hardly obese compared to half the U.S. today. Both valid points. Uh, one of the last things he said, I believe, didn't he come out in a jumpsuit with a phoenix on the back? you know, all of 42 years of age, and he says, the world is a stage. You know, there was a, a very convincing theory that Elvis did fake his death, and he came back as, let's see if I can get his name right. You know, who's the form, who, the, the, um, the late husband of Celine Dion? Not a listener. But the late husband of Celine Dion uh, Rene Angelil, Canadian musical producer, talent manager, and singer. Yeah, there are some who believe that this was actually Elvis Presley. And this was his uh, identity into uh, until the end of his life. I don't see the resemblance, but, you know, there's years and years of plastic surgery and other things to think about. And then the money. 
Okay, let's see what else we have here. I'm going through your comments. Okay, so someone says that Akil the MC was on Bro Sanchez's show. Right, if it was Tupac, he would have been outed by now, I'm sure. But what a story, though. I think he even did a rap parody, All Lies on Me, because he was so tired of being compared to Tupac, which I can understand. Um, I mean, to be, to be fair, this guy has a big catalog of music, and he'd rather be recognized for that than for his uncanny resemblance to Tupac, who should just show up. He should say, no, I'm over here. Leave Akil alone down here in Cuba. But one of the points about these, you know, we're on these, uh, somehow we got on the topic of Tupac. Oh, yeah, Kamala knows him. You know, you're supposed to believe that these are gangsters, like they're breaking the laws, they're, they're running in gangs and doing stuff that's criminal or something. But no, that's just the imagery. You know, it's all just imagery. So, it's remarkable how people buy the illusion. It's like, is he a thug or a ballerina playing a thug? You know, which is which? You know, just the other day I saw this Instagram post where uh, Madonna admitted that she's never done drugs. Like, uh, she's never done drugs, never done alcohol. Totally so sober. It's all an act. I mean, if you look at the, the persona and you compare them to the real thing. And this is one of the things that the world stage has done. It has conflated fantasy with reality to where people don't know the difference. I have a commenter here who says, Mars is real and the Earth is round. I've got a question about Mars. A few questions. A few years ago, they were talking about terraforming Mars by nuking the poles to melt the ice caps to flood Mars. It's like, okay, so you want to induce global warming to make Mars habitable. But my main question about Mars, though, is why isn't it oblate? such as the Earth. The Earth is oblate, if you didn't know. It's not a ball. Ignore all the pictures. Ignore all the CGI diagrams. The Earth is, in fact, oblate, which means it's fatter in the middle. And that's because of the way it's spinning. You know, think about hand-tossed pizza. You take a chunk of dough, you spin it, it gets fatter in the middle. That's your Earth. Now, the other planets, for some reason, uh, don't exhibit any oblacity. I think that's kind of peculiar. I think over time they should have. So many things, though, about this, this heliocentric model is just so interesting to me. I mean, it's endlessly interesting how, you know, the universe is considered to be flat. So you got your solar system, which is flat for all intents and purposes, if you look at the ecliptic. Like, so we're in a flat solar system, which I think is kind of counterintuitive. It's like, why don't we have a little more randomness? Like, where's the stellar parallax? We're stuck with the same constellations. It's fairly rigid for as chaotic and random as it all is supposed to be. But again, why isn't Mars oblate? That's my main question. Now, um, on the topic of Mars and this conflating of reality and fiction, on Mars they have found a plateau that's perfectly shaped like the Star Trek emblem. Like, it's perfect. And I thought, well, that's convenient because the rocket that's going to go to Mars is called the Starship. It used to be called the BFR. We're talking about the one that looks like a grain silo. That thing. I mean, it's so disappointing. I mean, 
that's supposed to be advanced. I mean, I mean, I look at the space shuttle. It looks like progress from the early days from from the Saturn. And I thought we were making progress, but I look at the rockets now and they're pathetic. One looks like a grain silo and it's called the Starship. It, it literally looks like a, a, a can of spray paint, just like the silver can of this weird thing on top. It's just, it's ugly. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a rocket, the new Shepard, which they're doing more tests. And I don't want to tell you what it looks like. Like, I'll just leave that to you. But there, there's nothing impressive about any of it. And when I watch them lift off, they look like CGI. Like they can't even fake it with good special effects and pyrotechnics anymore. They're just doing it all in the computer room. But anyway, they, they supposedly found a Star Trek logo on Mars. And I think this is all just part of selling people on it. Like personally, I don't believe that it's um, likely that we're gonna travel to Mars. Um, anytime soon, but I think within the next couple of years, they may convince people they're going to Mars using tunnels, faked space travel underground, sending you off to a Disneyland-like facility, dressed up like Mars. You can live in your Truman Show bubble reality in a spacesuit, and you can farm potatoes. You can pretty much work in a, in a fiefdom, a planetation, a gulag, and that's what I think it is. I, I think ultimately we're leading to uh, space communism. And I don't think they're going to send you up there. I think it's a pie in the sky to get you to agree to give up your property, your body, your time. And once they have you there, you get loaded in your grain silo to get shipped off to Mars. And it's just a, a, a monorail underground to China. I think Elon Musk is going to ship the gullible to China where you will, again, work within an underground dome. I mean, you might see the sky, but it'll be tinted red, like that movie Total Recall. And I think you will be sent off to your Mars base. Now, the next thing that's going to happen, speaking of outer space, is uh, Tom Cruise is going to the space station. And the space station, as far as I know, still has a leak in it. So it's leaking every day. They haven't found it. So I think it's on its way down, and it's been in the path of space junk, which is now a thing. Like three or four years ago, space junk was this hypothetical, and I remember this conversation that Neil deGrasse Tyson had with Joe Rogan, where he said, if we don't do something about space junk, your grandchildren are going to be earthbound. And Joe said, has anything ever been hit with space junk? And the answer was, he drew a blank. And that's because they never really got that far in the story. So just last week, or about a couple weeks ago, the space station had to move out of the path of a piece of space junk. So had it hit the thing, of course, you know, the whole it would have been a, a major disaster. But that's happening now. So this is a, a new threat. So this is from the New Yorker, the elusive peril of space junk. Here's one from CNET. Earth's new mini-moon is just a piece of space junk from an old mission. BGR. Earth is surrounded by garbage and it keeps getting worse. So again, the ISS had to dodge something. And it's becoming a problem. Like, do you remember growing up, maybe you remember the oceans always being talked about, how pollution 
is so bad. There's so much trash. There's islands of trash. Uh, the dolphins and the ducks have you know plastic Coca-Cola handles wrapped around them. The oceans are just full of junk. That used to be the big story. Well, I think they've reinvented that with um, this space junk problem, another non-existent problem. You know, um, another pretext to seize control. But I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. It's just way too convenient right now. And it's just another way for the environmentalists, which is, again, a cover for statists, communists. It's another way for them to say, okay, we can't just go up and treat outer space like the way we treated the Earth, which is where they're at right now. You know, that's a major point of contention between the various, I mean, look, we all cooperate in space, International Space Station. We're all friends up above, supposedly. But a major point of contention is how are we going to proceed into the future? Is it going to be led by reckless billionaires like Elon Musk, who threw his car into space? Um, people like Bezos, who are all too eager to go mine asteroids? bring down trillions of dollars worth of wealth down to the earth, which will only enable us to pollute more and do more damage than we've already done. Is it that, or is it going to be done in a more orderly fashion? And that's kind of where we're at right now. Commenter says, don't forget the mighty space mice. Yeah, the space mice up, up there... Um, doing these experiments to help us learn how to exist in space without losing our muscle because of course you're in zero g supposedly so they genetically modified these mice they sent them up to the space station and they have them just doing experiments in space so we can get used to the idea of you know living outside of gravity you know living a uh, zero g but the funny thing about these mice is they're constantly being spotted on the outside of the space station there's being spotted on the outside of these rockets. It doesn't make any sense. But if you go back to December 5th last year, there was a mission called CRS-19. And on CRS-19, they were sending these genetically modified mice to the space station. And people noticed that on the engine, you saw what appeared to be mice. Like running around this thing. Running around the Merlin engine, no less. So you have an engine called Merlin which makes it seem like a magic show. And it has people asking, well, how can a mouse survive walking on a rocket at Mach 8? Doesn't make any sense. So clearly, it was some kind of an inside joke within SpaceX to insert a mouse into a live feed. And it's not that difficult to do. It's not far-fetched. And it's far more likely that this was done by some rogue employee or by Musk himself, then it was ice or debris or a video compression artifact. And again, you have to look at it yourself. It's called mouse gate. And you will see the mouse walking, moving like a mouse, reacting like a mouse. It's a mouse, but it's CGI. And there is this thing, it's called augmented reality. You know, augmented virtual reality props like the fly that you saw land on Pence's head. Do you really think a fly landed on Pence's head and stole all the attention away from his words that just distracted people from the debate? Uh, no, that 
was, for one thing, it was too big. That fly was not to scale. And uh, for another, it had a shadow that was a little too dark. And, you know, to me, it looked like a CGI prop. So what they do, it, and he didn't notice, you know, like, look, he didn't react because it wasn't there. Uh, we've seen this many times. This is augmented virtual reality where it's on a layer. And, of course, they have a delay. But the way that this thing works is the computer model is actually um, moving the fly in real time as though it were on Mike Pence's head. And it's very convincing. You know, same type of technology you see in all the movies that you watch, all the special effects, very rudimentary stuff. But the fly was fake. And if they can fake a fly on a presidential debate and have the world distracted and not even questioning what they saw, then my point has been made that they have thoroughly merged fiction and fantasy. You know, we live in a Disney universe. We really do. And that's why when I suggest that people are going to go to Mars and it's all going to be a, a ruse, a simulation, like I mean it. I think people are brainwashed enough to think they're on Mars. And they'll probably make it a hate crime to go on the internet and call them dupes. Infinite Plane Radio. Oh, dude, it's you, man. Hey, it's me, Quincy. Yeah, hey, Quincy, I was waiting for you to call back. So uh, let me just let everybody know. Uh, this is uh, Quincy. The um, Now, go ahead and go explain what you do exactly. Now, are you an instructor and a pilot? I'm a certified flight instructor. I've been flying planes for over 20 years. And, yeah, man, bro, the earth is flat. I can prove it. I teach all that to my students. They laugh at me until they actually start to land the airplane, and then they see. I always tell them, keep the flatness. Keep the flatness. Okay, so what was your first uh, exposure to the idea that the Earth is uh, flat and or, or rather and stationary? Well, see, you get this. You know, I've been, been a conspiracy guy for a long time. You know, and when, 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 I, when I first heard about the Earth being being flat, I said, "No way, I'm a pilot, man." You know, I would know until I I seen something online where somebody tried to explain. There's a there's a, a instrument inside inside of our plane called the attitude indicator or the artificial horizon. When someone that that's not a pilot start to explain how that works. I, I, I said, Oh my gosh. So what I did, did is I went, went back and I relearned everything that, that, that I, that I thought I knew about flying. And it turns out that it's flat from our instruments to the maps that we use to the compass, to the clock. Okay, so let me let me Hello? ask you a question. So, um, what is the highest that you've been? Because a lot of people will say, "Well, there's no way the Earth is flat." Um, I've been on an airplane. I've seen the curve. Well, I know from the last time I've flown that I, I've never seen a curve at thirty thousand feet. Um, you know what? I'll I'll show you like this. Um, 
everybody thinks that they've seen the curve until they actually look and look for it, and it's not there. Because that used to be my same response too. But it doesn't matter how high you are because the horizon always rises to your eye level. So from 100 feet to what? To 30,000 feet, it's, 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 it's always flat. Because um, when you're flying, the first rules that you, that you learn in flying plane is keep the wings level, that, that's flat. Straight, flat. With the horizon, and if something's, if something's horizontal, then it's flat. And when you fly from point A to point B, you fly a line. Now, you, you can only fly a line over a flat plane. You can't fly a line over a, a sphere. Yeah, I got that. I got that. Okay, so here's one. Um, people are told when they're in school, well, ancient Greeks saw boats go over the horizon. And what got a lot of people, what got me to look at this question was, you know, I took that as wisdom. I was like, okay, boats go over the horizon. It's going over a hump. But then people take telescopic lenses, the P900. Exactly. They zoom in. And, and it's like, zoom in and it comes right back to them. So it didn't go over the horizon. It just went so far you couldn't see it because it's outside of your range exactly. of view. Exactly. Because, because, because also if, if you go online and you, you can type in, Low level flying, you you'll see planes flying for miles over the uh, water. So how are they they flying low? See, that's water okay. and air are both fluids. Yeah, that was one I had to ask because I know when you're really high up, like obviously they say, you know, some people say, well, they the nose of the plane would have to be continually pointed back up or it would fall. And I'm like, well, it's not necessarily the case. You'd make a better case for this if you were to talk about flying at low level at high rates of speed and would there be any accounting for any curvature at a high rate of speed and low exactly level, there isn't any is there no also i i i i i i've wanted to tell you this man for a long time the, the sun is 28 miles away that, that that's that, that's how far it is 28 28 miles the the the, the, the sun is about a hundred and 60,000 feet, which correlates to about 28 miles, not, not 3,000 or 1,000. It's only 28. Okay, so I've seen a lot of high-altitude balloon footage, and I'm sure you have as well, where it goes up 120,000 feet, and all you see is right. just endless flat as it goes around. And, and, you know, we look at this footage, and I'm like, why is it that the sun uh, seems to look like it's – local and close the higher up you go it's an interesting effect and so um how did you arrive at that what makes you say that well well well, 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 well see first of all your eyes can only see 50 miles right so 28 is within the 50. how could your eyes see nine not any four million miles away or how could your eye your, your eyes see anything over 50 also, when we fly, when we, when, when we learn about weather, right, the first question it says about weather is all weather comes from the sun. Well, if the sun controls all weather, that, that means that, that, that it's close and it's lo local. Because how could the sun could control all weather here and be, be so far away? 
the, the sun moves 15 degrees every uh, uh, hour around our great circle. 15 times 2084 20, is 360. Again, we live on a circle. Right. That's That's been my, my – um, okay, my other question here. So this whole notion for people who are not familiar with this flat earth concept, is, it doesn't involve the sun being far away because they'll say, well, if it was – flat it would be sunlight everywhere at once and nighttime everywhere at once and we're saying no the sun is closer and it doesn't shed light on the entirety of the earth at all times it can't it's too close to exactly the because the sun is only 70 miles in uh in uh diameter so the uh, sun is a, about the, the size of a small town and you 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 know the sun's close because of close shadows Shadows always come from close light sources. So because we, we, we can all see the, the shadow that, that the sun makes, that proves that the source of light is close. You, you can't have a faraway light source and a close shadow. Okay, here's another one. The moon. Is the moon also uh, 28 miles across and about, a, or I'm sorry, about 28 miles um, up? Is the moon the same size as the sun, in your opinion? And 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 my and my opinion, yes. Right. That, and, okay. and okay. So the moon, same size as the sun, much much closer to us. Uh, you brought up something about how far we can see, and this is always a, an important point for me because um, we're told that there's this space that there's orbiting satellites, the space station, three hundred miles up, and I just find it hard to believe that we can see solar panels 300 miles above reflecting the sun or that we could make out any detail on an object 300 miles away. It just seems impossible. And so that's something I want to right. ask you about. What are your thoughts on low on, on these orbiting satellites? You think it's all done by, well, I mean, well, well, listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, uh, me flying, I've, I've been flying for a while. I know someone that was in the space program, right? and didn't go to space. <laughs> okay, okay. I know someone who was in the space program and didn't go to space, and I, and I always wondered why, but now I know no why. Well, you know what, that's, that's kind of a side topic, the whole space program itself versus our perception of the Earth, but that's a big clue. No matter, you know, we're so small, the big picture thing's hard to grasp. And when you look at the space program, I think that for me is where a lot of this stuff falls apart. And so, right. you know, you're someone as a pilot, you have access to something we don't, which is altitude. And you've been at these heights. And so you can say mm -hmm. you've never seen the curve. What's the highest you've been? I've been to about 25,000 feet. And I've never seen anything in the curve. Um, also, um, when people aren't flat, they feel uncomfortable. Like, like when, like when the plane moves around in the sky, like pe people feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, I've had people gotten sick on me. Like we weren't just like we we weren't designed to be like spinning sideways. Like that 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 just couldn't work. Okay, so what is your thoughts then um, on a couple of things? One the edge okay. like so we have these continents that you know if it's flat it just simply means that we're oriented around the north pole 
and that the South Pole isn't really a thing in the sense that we normally think, because we're talking now about a circle around us. Uh, what do you think is the outer circle? Um, you think it's a land uh, we're being kept from? Is it impassable? Any, any I think I think um, you know you, uh, you know they 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 found that 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 thousand year old map, right? You know that thousand year old map that shows thirty three additional continents past the edge. I, I think that there's thirty three additional continents or or more land past the edge. I do I do believe that, and I believe that the elite. That's that 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 would be the one thing that that they they would try to hide from us is more land. See, just the model itself of the globe is enslavement. But if if, if the world were flat, that's a, that's a, a freedom again. Yeah, I agree. That's Infinite plain, right? That's you know what that's been my take on this from the beginning too. It's like, well, what could explain a motivation or an incentive? And you know, you watch various movies like the Truman Show kind of hint at it, that you could deceive people into not knowing. And what more reason would they need than resources, land, which is just wealth that they're bottlenecking and monopolizing by keeping us uh, trapped in this. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a prison. If you ask me, it's a prison that they and see and see to me, I feel like the, the, the whole new world order falls apart. Once you can take apart the, the a globe, because there's because once you have the a globe, then 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 you have global glo global control, global warming, global pandemic. There is no there there is nothing global once you get rid 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 of the globe itself. The, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, that's one of the best points that I've heard on this topic in some time. That they need this as a construct so they can put a single yoke around mankind like it's all about universal control and if we have options if there's other land then a lot of these things just aren't possible anymore like the idea of exactly exactly man i've been wanting to, to like call in this show for like months man but i just did no 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 the time and i'll be busy man but but i like really really respect like your views and your thoughts and and you know, these are these these are things that I'm always constantly questioning, constantly having to teach. You know, and, and again, pilots laugh at me with these same questions. Well, if it's flat, where's the edge? Or or I've seen the curvature, but that but that they haven't. No, I know, and and I I've been through this with so many people, and I understand where they're coming from when they make these statements, but. No, they actually haven't because they can't. We're too small, but we've been conditioned to think that we can. And, you know, from the time that we grow up, every cartoon, every animation, they go up to the top of a building and the horizon's curved. Um, everything has a GoPro, and so they've just conditioned us right. to assume it. And so I understand where they're coming from, but, uh, no, I think that's great that you're able to uh, talk about it, have discourse about it, even though people are laughing. You know, it's like, well, uh, it's... Well, well, we'll, we'll see... Well, see, you know, my my plan next, my plan next is I'm going to write a book called Flat Earth for Pilots. Again, if you like type in my, my, my uh, name, I got a whole story, like, follow me about my story and how I fly and, 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 and all that. I, I'm trying to use that to really push out some, some, some uh, truth. 
That would be fantastic. Uh, Flat Earth for Pilots. Uh, I think you should. And yeah, I, man. Definitely stay in touch with us about it. Um, we would all want to uh, read it and hear more about this because, you know, this is because I'll, I'll tell you right now, you, you can't fly an airplane around, around the ball, like just the word itself, air and plane. Like you're always flat. You're, you're always flat because you have to be like, you have to be, I'm telling you, man, like, 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 like the maps, the charts, the instruments, uh, uh, are all based on er everything being in a circle. Like your your your, your watch, your, your clock is the real FaceTime. It's it, it's like they modeled navigation and time after the actual shape of the Earth because they, they had to. Okay, let me let me bring this up then. Uh, people will say, well, there's some constellations you can see in the north that you can't see in the southern hemisphere. And they'll say it's because the curve of the Earth is obscuring those stars. So, again, this would suggest that if we can't see the same constellations from further south, it could imply either the curve of the Earth or that the stars are also close. Uh, do you have any opinions or, in, or ideas on how high the stars would be relative to the sun and the moon? Um, I would say that the stars would pop possibly be at about maybe 35 miles. So the, the, higher than the sun and moon for, 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 for sure, but not, not more than 50, but definitely higher. But, but, but see, look, here's what gets me, right? Here's my question. Why can you only see the stars from the ground? When you're in an airplane, and you look, and you and you you get to I don't know about nine or ten thousand feet. You can't see the stars any, anymore. It's 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 kind of like who 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 whoever designed our world. They wanted us to be able to to see see the stars from the ground for a certain reason. Now I had not heard that, but I remember there were conflicts in descriptions of space. Some astronauts said, oh, it's completely black. Others said it's full of stars and comets and rainbows. It's like super colorful. And I'm like, well, is it dark right. or is it light? But every time I look at this high altitude balloon footage, it seems like once they get a certain height up, it's just blackness. Exactly. Exactly. So when when I'm flying at night and I look up, it's black, and I'm like, where are the stars at? Why can, why can I only see them from the ground? Wow, that's incredible. That's very, very interesting to hear because, you know, again, we're conditioned to where, you know, if you go to a movie, you know, watch a movie, the characters of the movies will look out the plane window and they see everything like we, you know, so I, I think that the observed experience counts for more. And that's an interesting observation there. Um, as far as the, the moon, you know, it's a very interesting thing to watch over. I watch it almost every night and I I understand the explanation of these things, but I, I compare the two. Um, the moon, though, always strikes me as peculiar. Does it look to you like right, it's... Right, exactly. Like it's... Um, I mean, what? first of all, let's go with this. Is it spherical, or does it appear to be, like, flat, disc-like to you? I, I think the, 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 the moon is disc. Uh, it's a flat disc, and I believe that the phases, because... 
you know, you know how we got phases of the, uh, the, the moon, right? Right. I believe that the, the phase of the moon might be caused by another celestial body, kind of almost like you know how we have we have the, the sun and we have a solar eclipse. We have the black sun or or another body that crosses over over and shows us the eclipse. I I, I think that for the moon. It's kind of like that, like like it's a it's a it's a it's just a translucent body that we're seeing that 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 also gives us the phases, and the sun, sun and moon electric, it's electric. Okay, this yeah, this is all very very intriguing because, uh, again, we're told the moon is tidally locked. It's in synchronous orbit. It's two hundred thirty-seven thousand miles away, and it's this dead rock. And it's perfectly spinning at a rate that matches with us at all times. And, you know, I've never seen any more or any less of the same exact face this entire time. And when I look at right. it, it's like it does appear to do cartwheels from from the east to the west. It's rotating in that fashion. But they say it's spinning on its axis every single month. And we never actually see that. So that's, you know, always been very, um, you know, perplexing. And, and the moon itself, the phases. Yeah, third body not sure all very perplexing but interesting conversation you know interesting trying to uh reverse engineer what we've been told versus what we can actually see so any thoughts on uh the model itself beyond like above us um, is there a hard container do you think that there's water above us I, I think that we have a glass over us made out of sapphire glass I think that I, I think I think that that also there there is water above us as well, um, and this can be verified because whenever we have a rainbow, right? You you only see a rainbow unless some of the blue sky is visible, like and and in order for there to be like an, an actual rainbow, some part of of the the sky needs to be visible. You can't have a rainbow without that. And so and so all these times that, that I watch the moon, I watch the sun, I, I watch the rain, you know, I'm I'm seeing it. I, I'm seeing things where it, it, it's like, okay, I do I do believe in the in the uh, the dome theory. I know there's there's some folks who who don't, but to me, in my opinion, I believe that that we're inside is dome. Now, is there more land beyond the dome, or does the dome go go beyond where we can't see? I don't know, but I know at one point that Antarctica wasn't always frozen, and and it used to be a, a landmass. Yeah, I've seen some of these older maps. There's one purported to be from like right. 1200 AD where more land. And yeah, I always thought ice was more or less just code. Um, I know the Flat Earth Society used to suggest that there was some type of a, an icy barrier all around us, but I suspect that's misinformation. Uh, now, what are your thoughts on UFOs? Because if we're within a system that's closed, uh, there w the so-called extraterrestrials then, um, where would you suspect? Right. What, would, what do you think about the UFO thing? Anything to it? Okay, well, I don't believe in space. You know, of course, they're, they're astronauts. So, um, no aliens, but if, 
if it's an enclosed system, I do believe that it's possibly in, in, interdimensional and not interplanetary. If, does that make sense? Right, right. Yeah, see, that's kind of what I'm thinking too, that there, there's um, – there's got to be something, but not necessarily visitors from Venus in some high-tech vehicle. Right, exactly, exactly, right. And 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 the, the controllers and the powers that be, they always try to tell you to look out, look out, look out. Never look within, because if you look within, that that's where you'll find a lot of truth. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and and there's so much misdirection, you know. And I think, look, like you look at the space program, they have us looking up and out right. millions of miles away, out. and I'm like, well, how exactly. much how much of the infrastructure is down, you know, for all we know, underground or, or <laughs> far away, yeah, underground, or just you know, or just here, you know, it, it, it's like it's like the 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 intelligent question is, where's the edge, and if you don't ask that question that that's a way to you know have us all enslaved because there 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 is no edge or there there is no wall to a ball right there 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 is no wall to a to a, to a ball so no one will ever question it if they think that they you know live in a ball oh yeah it's the ultimate jedi mind trick because if there's a wall you can climb it if there's a dome you can hack through it but if you're on a ball in the midst of a empty space, space, then there's nowhere right. to go. And you know, when people laugh at this concept, one of the first things I say is, "Well, um, what do you think about the solar system being flat? Isn't that ridiculous?" Because if you look at the ecliptic and you look at the model that they've given us, the solar system is pretty much flat, and so is the universe. They say so. Even suggesting okay. the Earth is flat, I don't even think it's that uh, laughable, to be quite honest. Wow. Um, just, just real, real quick, real quick. I, I, I want to just tell, tell you my theory on uh, Nina. Yeah, go for it. Real quick. Okay. As far as there being uh, airplanes, right? No airplanes ever hit the towers because those planes, those planes aren't even designed to, to fly that, that fast at that height. So even if they they were robotic planes that couldn't happen. And on nine eleven, there were no black boxes. Uh, the two towers that that got uh, hit were like hit by drones, and the 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 news used CGI planes to cover the drones up. Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that up because um, about a month, no, two months ago, a few videos that I they were new to me. But a few videos started surfacing of the second tower blowing up from a bomb or an explosion, but no planes. And the witnesses all said, no planes. So this no planes right. thing has really got some traction now. And now you're a pilot and you're explaining for people who may not know that, no, those planes could not have traveled at that speed. That clearly, no, no way. No. And see, and, and see, real planes leave like real debris. If real planes had been hit, there would have been wings and plane parts everywhere. But there, but but there, but there, there, but there was none, none, none of that. Also, have you heard the the one about the, the, the directed energy? 
I've heard a little bit about it. Um, uh, okay. Go ahead. There was a plane flying around called the Mysterious White Plane. You 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 gotta you gotta look to look it up on on nine nine eleven. There was a, a plane flying around called the Mysterious White White Plane. YouTube might have uh, they might took it down, but that but that is the plane the the E four six 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 B that had the laser on it that took down the towers. Okay, so I've heard this stuff before. That's intre- I'll look into that one because. Whatever it is, whether it was a, a pre-planted bomb, drones, right. or the E-4666B, right. it wasn't those planes, which means those people weren't in those planes, which, again, reverses right. a lot of the, the trauma and terror associated with the event. So I appreciate you bringing this point up, especially you being a pilot, because you know people hear me say it all the time, CGI can't melt steel beams, but now they get to hear it from you. Cool beams, man. Um... Yeah, like, like I say, man, uh, I'm, like, totally informed. I'm an a activist. Like, um, uh, I'm, I'm uh, here in California. They're, they're using directed energy here on all these fires here, too. Like, for real. Like, seriously. Yeah, seriously. I, okay, that's a good question. I had a, I, that's a good topic there, you know, because – you know, last year we had these fires and the Paradise fires. We have these fires this year. Yeah. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Because some are saying, oh, it's Antifa. Others are saying it's it's terrorists doing it. Um, it looks like it's uh, some type of. I'm drug. here. I, I I'm here, right? And every time they do they do they do these fires, it always happens at nighttime. Every single time, it's always at nighttime, and and it's like, wow, okay. What's going on? Where at, at nighttime, and, and, and then, then the very the next day, it's like boom, and then, and then there's always a different reasons for why they they uh, they uh, happen. But no, I'm here, and see, you know, to think about about, about the whole symbology of it, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Not only are we all wearing a mask, but we're all being smoked out by, by, by fires. I mean, I really can't breathe. Right, right. You're right. People were saying that. And it just doesn't it seem so perfectly scripted. Like that's the motto for 2020. Right, right. And, and if, you know, right. I can't breathe is an anagram for a better China, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. A, a, for a better China. If you if you rearrange a better China, you can rearrange it into I can't breathe. Um, anagram. Really? Yeah, kind of peculiar, right? And then you consider that uh, Floyd was knelt on for 846. The first CGI right. plane hit the tower at 846. 846. So they've tied these events together the, the with the symbolism and the numbers. And so this is one of the things I've looked at. And, you know, we're reverse engineering this theatrical production and what you said makes sense cgi planes um just like i think they put a cgi fly on mike pence's head like i think that well, well, see, well, well, see look here's why because because if that if, if that had been had been a real fly he he would have seen it like if if you've ever seen a fly fly around your face you know you you kind of want to move your head you know what I'm saying? but but it's like for him he didn't see it like 
how could the, the fly land right there and you not see it first? Right, and that was a big, hefty fly. I mean, I think the fly was about 20% too big. That's why I first noted it was probably fake. But that was a heavy fly, right. and he didn't swat it. Yeah. And look how it destroyed. Right, he didn't swat it or, or didn't see it or, or you know, yeah, you know. But, but, but again, though, that, 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 that's, that's the name of the game that, that we're at now where, where, where everything is psychological. Why do we need, need to make real planes when we'll make you believe that there were real planes? Why do we need to actually shoot, shoot, shoot a school up when we will just make you believe that we shot up a school? Why do we need to make, to make a real pen, 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 pandemic when we'll make you believe that, that there's actually a pen? Right. Pen you know, there's a, a quote by Niccolo Machiavelli. He says, never accomplish with force what you can do by deception. And the people that run this place are all Machiavellian, and they know that mind war is far more powerful. And it works. I mean, you look, they didn't use it, any it works. That didn't take any tanks or troops to get people to lock down in their homes, did it? They asked George Soros, they, they said, why do you guys keep on using the, the same, the, the same uh, stunts and the same ideas on the people? He said, because this stuff works. Like, come on. Like, you know, it, it works. So, so that, that's why they, 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 they keep doing it. And we give them con consent. If, if we give them consent, they see it as lesser m magic. And so, and, and, and so that's why we're at where we're at now, by us giving them c consent. Yeah, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. And right now it's, it's a matter of, you know, people have to, have to uh, basically give in to peer pressure. Uh, there's a lot of social pressure. And if you don't comply, now they're trying to demonize conspiracy theories. Like, oh, if you're spreading misinformation, you may as well be spreading a virus. So they're really trying to get the idea of thought crimes out there. And, th and that's why I'm glad that you're having these conversations with people who might even think it's funny or laughable because, um, you know, as long as we're entertaining ideas, talking about them and having discourse, we're not hiding from them, which is where they, they want us to hide right. from ideas the exactly. way we hide, like we're hiding right. from COVID. Right. Yep. Right. Right. So hey, I you, you want me to you 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 want me to 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 wear a real mask for a fake for for fake virus? Never. I will not consent. I'm a free person. Now hey, um, Quincy, uh, why don't you explain for anybody here if they want to find you or look you up online? Um, where would they search? And uh, uh, Q U uh, I N C E Y. C A R R pilot. You 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 can read my whole story. Like you'll see that that like somebody like shot me five times and I like can't walk and I still fly with with uh, with, with control. I I met Captain Sully. I met him. Captain Sully came out and he gave me a big award. And now I'm an instructor and I teach folks how to fly. And they say that when you're a flight and instructor you're a teacher first and a pilot second because not not everybody is going to want to learn how to fly but you might be able to teach some somebody something so, so that's my, my goal very cool well, hey i appreciate you uh you know reaching okay. out and and you know calling and filling us in on this 
And, you know, definitely stay in touch because this of conversation course. continues and we're always interested to hear perspectives of people who have insights that others don't. I mean, you have this pilot, the pilot's perspective on the flat earth topic. Most people assume, oh, pilots have gone high enough. They've seen the curve. And, you know, you're someone who can say that's not necessarily true. Yes, sir, man. Um, is is uh, this the um, time that your show's on? Yeah, what I'm doing now is uh, basically 10 to about midnight mountain time. And I'm trying to be more consistent, and it will be more consistent as we go. And we're also being picked up on the Dark Matter digital network, so we have uh, more people listening there. So pretty good audience. And you know, open phones, it'll be mostly every night. So definitely stay in touch, call in anytime. And if you leave messages, if I'm not live, I will play them live and we will, you know, parse through these. So I appreciate you leaving the detailed messages as well. Cool. Uh, I want to just get, you, get your, your uh, name. Oh, yeah. Just Tim Osman, O-Z-M-A-N. Uh, Tim, Tim Osman. Yes. And cool beans, Tim. Great. Great call. Thanks for calling. Call back anytime, Quincy. Okay. Have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Okay. So glad we got a hold of him finally. Been trying for a couple of days. And let's see. Quite a lot there. If you want to follow that up, go ahead. 833-311-1984. But yeah, it's a very common misconception that pilots have flown up that you know uh, so high that they've seen the curve, that they're up there high enough looking down at the ball. And yeah, here we go. This is from... Uh, sfgate.com, six days a week, this is from 2016, six days a week, Quincy Carr sits in his wheelchair on a concrete island in Oakland. Um, it wasn't always this way for the 32-year-old Oakland man who calls out on a bullhorn near the Oakland International Airport. A decade ago, he was on track to become a commercial pilot and get his instructor's license. Um, here we go. It talks about the shooting. Okay, this is a big story here. There's quite a lot here. I'll put a link in the chat. And I'll put a link on the video description tonight. So if you get the archives, you'll get this link. So this is the background on the caller. Let's see what else we have here. His passion is flying. He says, if you're not doing your passion, what are you doing? Okay, so very interesting um, individual, as you heard. And I will, like I said, I'll put a link in here. A few things he brought up. Um, he mentioned the sun. And he said that he believes the sun is about 160,000 feet up. Now, that sounds crazy to people. It sounds absurd to people who are um, expecting to hear 93 million miles away. But you have to kind of, uh, I think before you can reject an, an idea, you have to actually understand the whole thing. And too many people are dismissive of the topic of flat earth without even learning enough about it to dismiss it. And one thing I can say is that if you want to know anything about the intricacies of the heliocentric model, you're better off asking a flat earther than someone who thinks it's heliocentric because they're the ones doing their homework to understand it. And let's see what else we have. Okay, so someone says go down deeper in the article. There's some quotes from Captain Soli. I'll do a, a, a another write-up piece on it and we'll follow up because there's quite a lot been already stated here, and I want to parse through the call. We, we just, I asked him a few questions about distances, you know, because, again, misconceptions. People will say, well, I believe that the 
uh, Earth as a ball because the constellations are different depending on whether you're in the northern or southern hemisphere. Well, that only follows if you're assuming the stars to be millions of miles away and not local, like the stars, I'm sorry, like the sun and the moon in this model. Because again, we're not talking about a disk in space with a faraway sun. That's the thing that I think you have to kind of break yourself from when you first consider this. You know, you think of the sun in the middle and then you have the planets orbiting it at various distances. Uh, the flat earth concept is actually the earth is a plane and the sun, the moon, the stars are orbit not orbiting, but circling above it. So we're talking about a completely different concept where uh, the sun doesn't shine an infinite distance, that it isn't millions of miles away, but it's so close that it's only day beneath it. So different concepts. And then at the end of the call, he brought up 9-11 and the fact that those planes could not have been traveling at the speeds depicted on TV, that they would not have been going that fast, that if anything, it was a drone delivered munitions, perhaps bombs, for all we know, lasers, direct energy weapons, whatever it was, they covered it up with CGI. And this is a topic we brought up a couple weeks ago. Well, actually right around 9-11, a number of these videos were surfacing that were showing that there was no, no plane. Uh, he brought up the Machiavellian nature of the deceivers and how they wage war on our minds. And it's because it's easier to fool people than convince them they've been fooled. And once you've tricked them, they're pretty much in the system. And you can train them to laugh at contrary information. B. Smiley says, best calls on any streams on the web. Appreciate it. And yeah, we do have the best callers. Uh, many of our callers are ground zero. Uh, we get, really, we get some of the best callers. You know, if, if there is anyone who's going to make it to the edge and look over or out, um, they're going to call here before they take that step. Again, phones open, 833-311-1984. Let me go through some more of these topics. I saw someone in Parliament cleaning her glasses with her mask. Maybe I'll play that video later. Um, here's a question for you if you're bearded. you know, Do you put Vaseline on your beard? Because you can't form an adequate seal on your mask if you have a beard. That's why you have to shave your face in the military. And so this is an excerpt from TruePrepper.com. Beards can be shaved, and a shaved face will provide a sealable surface for a gas mask. Now, if you don't want to shave, Vaseline. It's a messy solution, but lathering your mask and beard with Vaseline can help. So if you have a beard, and you're walking around with a mask, you're not even wearing a mask if your beard doesn't have a enough Vaseline to create a seal. So just so you know, shave your face or slather it in Vaseline. Okay, here's a quote from Dr. James Meehan, medical doctor. And before I read this, because he's critical of masks, and here's what he says. Well, actually, before I read this, I want to make this statement 
for anyone listening from the WHO, anyone listening from YouTube, uh, what the censorship division, anybody listening from the Ministry of Truth, just want to make it very clear that this channel, this stream, this broadcast is pro-vax. Uh, we want to see the media vaxxed because they're the most essential. want to see protesters vaxxed because social justice warriors, uh, they can't stay home. Uh, they can't obey lockdown rules and social distancing mandates, so they need it first. So let's vax them. I think we need to vax the celebrities, uh, especially the, the very vocal, influential ones. Give them the vaxes first. So I'm very pro-vax, just to be clear. Uh, if you're a billionaire philanthropist, please, first in line. Take them to the first. And without trying to sound callous or cruel, I do want to deny the vax to any of the mask refuseniks. If you're not willing to put on a mask, um, you shouldn't get a vax. So let's get back to this topic here. Just to clear the air, because they will kick you off these platforms if you don't take that position. You know they kicked Dollar Vigilante off YouTube? I mean, they've been taking down some great channels lately. Uh, commenter says, Vax the parking meter maids. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Parking meter maids. Uh, climate scientists. Um, astronauts. Yeah, Vax the astronauts, too. Uh, vax voters. That was another thing, too. If you're going to vote, really, it should go like this. One vax, one vote. No vax, no vote. And the way that you could make this like mandatory is you could put the vax in the voting booth, like in the handle. So when you pull the lever on the left or the right, a little needle comes out and injects you with that life-saving vax. Commenter says three wobble factors, one with the 26,000 cycle procession of the equinoxes, one degree retrograde every 72 years. Show me the stellar parallax. Okay, this is a quote from Dr. James Meehan. He warns that medical masks have well-known risks that have been well-studied and they're not being discussed in the risk analysis. Quote, I'm seeing patients that have facial rashes, fungal infections, bacterial infections. Reports coming from my colleagues all over the world are suggesting that bacterial pneumonias are on the rise. Why might that be? Because untrained members of the public are wearing medical masks repeatedly in a non-sterile fashion. They're being contaminated. They're pulling them off their car seat, off the rear view mirror, out of their pockets, from the countertops and they're reapplying masks that should be worn fresh and sterile every single time. Wearing face masks is going to increase toxic reabsorption. Governments and media controlled by Big Pharma ordering the public and fear-mongering the masses into wearing face masks is a great way to ensure waves of deaths from bacterial infections. Now, I think that's going a little far to say that masks will kill you unless you take into account I mean, here's why he's probably right. Because it's like you wash your clothes, don't you? You wash your socks. You know you wash your clothes and you know why you do. And what would probably happen if you didn't. And so, yeah, there's that. And then there's the fact that, yeah, you're, you're exhaling into the thing. So is it not infectious waste? 
And usually with infectious waste, you put it in a red biohazard container and it's separated from the regular trash. And it just seems a little strange to me that it's not being treated like that. So yeah, you're gonna see outbreaks of maskne, murpees, who knows what else. Let's move on. A couple of other topics. Again, that was Dr. James Meehan. Don't know if he's been censored yet. Uh, murder hornets are making a comeback. Um, also, I, I came up with something. You know, a few weeks ago, I was saying that maybe we ought to just relax and recognize that everything's happening on a cycle. And that one thing that seems to be the case is that history seems to rhyme and repeat and it never ends. So I don't think the world's going to end. And I remember back in April, a number of prominent conspiracy theorists were saying, uh, pack your bug out bags, get ready to run for the hills. The Chinese tanks are going to come down your street and the troops are going to come out and they're going to vax you. You know, and it was this common fear. So you had preppers spending their Trump change, the $1,200 on MREs and ammunition. And I understand that, you know, if you, I guess you believe the worst case scenario that makes sense, but I kind of think that that sort of reaction is the whole point of the war. And so I've been suggesting for some for a couple of weeks now that people just reach for their popcorn instead. Like instead of buying ammo, buy popcorn. Uh, prepare to be entertained, you know, not thrown into a FEMA camp. And I came across this thing called the Bubba effect, which kind of explains a number of these prominent conspiracy theorists that are always screaming, run for the hills. So the Bubba effect is a, and this is from Rational Wiki. So the effect, it's a trend of behavior that has to do with groups of people heading for the hills when they feel threatened, that times are uncertain. So the name itself comes from a stereotypical redneck name implying that readiness is a virtue scorned by the effete. Endorsing bubble effect behavior um, is, is something that people like Glenn Beck and Alex Jones are pretty much accused of. And I guess it's pretty much true. But the idea is that the scenario is that only those in real America, rural America, will be able to resist the occupation and they'll run out into their fortified compounds with their guns and their Bibles. But this Bubba effect thing, it, it ties into the uh, crying wolf thing. So you have these conspiracy theorists who cry wolf. You know, the Chinese are coming, the Vaxes are coming, Bill Gates is coming, the adrenochrome junkies are coming, the fill-in-the-blank is coming. So they gather everyone around and they say the world's going to end in about a few days, run for the hills. So they buy up the MREs, they buy up the ammo, they run for the hills, and nothing ever happens. And I'm just seeing a pattern here. And the pattern is nothing ever really happens. If you didn't turn on your TV, if you weren't on the internet, if you were totally self-sufficient, and you just were at your house for the last six months, you know, gardening and painting, writing novels, you wouldn't notice, you wouldn't have noticed that there was a pandemic or a civil war or space junk Armageddon, like none of that would exist for you. And I think the majority of the population do in fact exist in a fictional universe, no different than the fictional universe inhabited by 
the character in The Truman Show. Uh, B. Smiley says, Alex Jones's Y2K broadcasts. Okay, so Y2K, the internet was going to break and the sky was going to fall because of a computer glitch. Didn't happen. But a lot of people bought a lot of canned food and it probably rotted. Uh, 2012 didn't happen. Nibiru didn't happen. It's like 2012 didn't happen. And all the people who wrote books about the world's ending next year or we're all going to become superheroes next year like X-Men. We're going to be transhuman. Revelation. It didn't happen. Thank you for listening to the Dark Matter Digital Network. Subscribe for exclusive member content at darkmatter.radio. Join us every night at 9 p.m. to midnight for the best of Art Bell and stay for Dark Matter After Midnight.